0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program.
2: I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. You can join the Christ Universal Temple service online at www.cutemple.org every Sunday morning from 1030 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. If you're in the Chicago land area, please stop by. Check us out. I think you'll like what you see and experience. Today, we are continuing our series on the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. And we're on lesson eight, God Will Pay Your debts. Now, before I get into the chapter, I want to make sure that, yet again, if this is the first time you've heard the show, go back and make sure that you listen to the previous lessons as soon as you get the chance. Also, the book Prosperity is available in many formats. You can buy the book, the actual physical book. You can download it to tablets, uh, your iPhone, your smartphones, etc. There are free versions floating around the Internet if you type in Prosperity Charles Fillmore. There's many ways you can get the book. I'm only requesting, as I teach this course, this book, that you have the book, and you actually read the chapter uh before it is actually taught by me if you when you go to the page my truth transform page on unity online radio you'll see that the description for the courses are always ahead in other words, if you'd have looked at this the page last Thursday it would have told you guy will pay your debts with the Court class that was coming up today so we want to make sure that we are studying truth at a different level so as you read it and reflect on it and then I teach it and give you some other reflection or if you have questions then you could call in and ask me or send me an email or send an inbox message to my Facebook page for this show Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell so we want to make sure that we use every opportunity we can to take care of the business. All right, on page 117, Mr. Fillmore states that in the middle of the page, you may be wondering why you have failed to get spiritual illumination or to find the consciousness of spiritual substance. Perhaps the reason is here, a lack of room for the true thoughts because other thoughts fill your mind. If you are not receiving the spiritual understanding you feel you should have, you should search your mind carefully for unforgiving thoughts. Thoughts are things and occupy space in the mind realm. They have substance and form and may be easily taken as permanent by one not endowed with spiritual discernment. Now, So in the study of prosperity, and again, God will pay your debts, one of the first things we have to remind ourselves is this. First, there is no quote-unquote debt in God, which we'll get into later. But the debt that we have originates with the thought before there is ever the experience of it. So Mr. Fillmore is talking from the perspective of we need to get our thoughts right about life. That maybe we're holding on to some unforgiving thoughts and that unforgiveness is interfering with the process or the flow of God in our experience. What do I mean by that? You know, many people have uh, had from one time or another, a clogged pipe in their home. And normally when you have a clogged pipe in your home, in other words, either the water's not getting through or the water's not coming back in either case. Either, most people either buy something that they can pour down the train, drain, like draino or Liquid Plumber, or they call a plumber to come fix it. Well, forgiveness is sort of like a plumber or liquid plumber. So if there's blockage in between the demonstration or the flow or the manifestation that you desire, we have to clean out the consciousness of the obstructions that are interfering with the realization of god as peace as wholeness as love is joy is health and prosperity in our lives the it's sort of like the old analogy that of the man standing with the whole water holes in his hand wondering why the water is coming out and he's standing on the holes where forget unforgiveness is standing on the holes and when we think that these thoughts that we have in our minds are that's just the way I am or that's just the way life is or experience. we can think that those things are permanent no, they're not permanent it's just conditioning and when we get past the conditioning of a thing, then it's done. so Mr. Fillmore goes on to say on page one seventeen, they bring forth fruit according to the seed planted in the mind, but they're not enduring unless founded in spirit. so thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. So if we have unforgiving, angry, frustrated, fearful, doubtful thoughts, they will produce experiences that are consistent with the seed thought. You can't plant watermelon and expect to get tomatoes. You can't plant an oak tree and expect to get roses. And you can't plant Thoughts of anger and frustration and doubt and unforgiveness and frustration and anxiety and then expect to get peace, love, joy and prosperity. You can't think lack and think you will have prosperity. You can't have your mind focused on sickness and express health. You can't keep your mind on discord and expect peace in your experience. You can't think that you always have to be right and think that you're going to be able to get along with everybody in the world. So, unless those thoughts, those that that you have in consciousness are founded by spirit, they're not enduring. They need to be evolved, changed, transformed, released, dismissed, dissolved. He goes on to say thoughts are alive and, and are endowed by the thinker. With secondary thinking power, that is, the thought entity that the I am forms assumes the ego and begins to think on its own account. Thoughts also think, but only with the power you give to them. Now, this is not spooky. This is basically, said, sort of like a computer. Once, once you have a program, the program will do what it's designed to do it will do the things that it's designed to do without you automatically consciously telling it to do it. It's sort of like Excel. When you put the formula in, it automatically does it. Well, when you think thoughts, whatever that type of thought is, those thoughts will then go out and continue to make the experience or create the experience that's consistent with the character of the thought given to it by the thinker. So you might have been upset about somebody when you were nine years old, they did this, they didn't do that, and you never pulled that thought back in, and that thought is still with you now 50 years later, and you don't even know that it's driving your behavior because it's subconscious, you know, sort of like, have you ever had the experience where you didn't see somebody for a long time, but you had a painful experience with them? And then you saw them again, that feeling came up or that perception or you, maybe the need not to want to speak or deal with them or, you know, whatever. You know, the emotions that come along with those memories. That tells you that you're not free of that experience because the subconscious mind has no concept of time. There is no difference to the subconscious mind between something that is happening now, something that happened 50 years ago, or even a future event. You can think about what might happen and scare yourself to death. And you can think about what might happen and have great joy, and neither one of them have any basis in fact. The subconscious mind has no concept of time. And to the subconscious mind, whatever thought or feeling you have is always now. Always now. So Mr. Fillmore goes on to say on page 118 tell me what kind of thoughts you're holding about yourself and your neighbors and I can tell you just what you may expect in the way of health, finances, and harmony in your home. Are you suspicious of your neighbors? You cannot love and trust in God if you hate and distrust men. The two ideas of Excuse me, the two ideas, love and hate, or trust and mistrust, simply cannot both be present in your mind at one time. And when you are entertaining one, you may be sure the other is absent. Hmm. So in other words, the way you think about other people and yourself can affect your prosperity. It's very difficult to trust God when you don't trust people. Now, I'm not saying every person, everybody has not earned the right for you to trust them. But some people walk around with a general belief that you can't trust people at all, or people are no good at all, or, or, or you know. And there are some people who just believe that people are inherently good. And the issue comes with the play is how you decide to view life because that will make a difference for you. You can't have the trust and mistrust. See, the belief that the universe supports me and all that's in it is a belief. The belief that life is hard, you can't trust anybody, dog eat, dog world, is also a belief. But which one empowers you? Which one empowers you? because if you're entertaining one, you're not entertaining the other. Hmm. Now, he goes on to say, I mean, he really goes in on this forgiveness on the bottom of page 118. Do not judge others as regards their guilt or innocence. Consider yourself and how you stand in the sight of the Father for having thoughts about another's guilt. Begin your reform with yourself. Begin your reform with yourself you know there's a prayer that's said around many churches uh, and it basically says um, that that we are in the need of you know uh, you know father I'm in the need of prayer for whatever reason now it's not processing the way it's supposed to process so I'm going to drop it but the concept uh, is as we pray we're praying for ourselves let me get myself straight let me get myself together. Let me reform my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own beliefs, my own words, my own behaviors. Before I start talking about what somebody else is doing. The the quote is, uh, Father is me standing in the need of prayer. I knew it would come back. It's me. It's me standing in the need of prayer. Because if anything else, my judgmental thoughts about the other person that I'm disagreeing with needs reforming. Hmm. Moving on. He goes on to say, page 119, bottom of the page, Our forgiving all men includes ourselves. You must also forgive yourself. Let the finger of denial erase every sin or falling short that you may have charged up against yourself. Pay your debt by saying to that part of yourself which you think has fallen short, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing befall you. Then loose him and let him go. Treat sin as a mental transgression instead of considering it a moral deflection. Deny in thought all tendency to the error way and hold yourself firmly to the Christ spirit, which is your divine self part company forever with the accusing consciousness. Now that was a lot, but, but listen to what it's saying. It's saying that as you forgive yourself, let yourself go. And instead of trying to make your mistakes, a moral issue, Realize, okay, I got myself together in mind and now it's done and it's over with. Once I release it, it's over. Once I release it, it's over. Make sure that as you are working with forgiveness and reading this chapter and praying about it and meditating about what's in the book, that you realize that you free yourself mentally, emotionally. By how you think. Now, how you get there, some people pray, some people meditate, some people chant, some people mantra, some people visualize, some people do visioning work. Some people do, you know, uh, speaking tongues, it is, you know, I mean, people as varied as they are religious experience, people do different things. All of it is basically saying you change your thought, change your thinking, change your life. How you get there is personal to you, and to God be the glory, as long as you get there. But realize that your way is not a better way. It's just another way. Anyway, so when he says part company forever with the accusing consciousness, what he's simply saying is there's a part of human consciousness that will always be accusing. Technically, that is as we explain metaphysically that's your devil that's your satan not a being outside of yourself it's that those adverse thoughts those adverse feelings those adverse states of consciousness that accuse you know so when that you know sort of like the old cartoons with the little devil thing on the side of your head that's not something outside of you it's just your own judgments your own beliefs your own concepts speaking back to you So I would like to hear from you. You can call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, remember this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your love offering. So please click the donate button so you can support this ministry so it can continue to come to you. And at the same time, go out and spread across the world so we can market it, so we can let people know about it. Because we do believe we have the truth that can help transform people's lives and experiences. Therefore, we need your support. So I'm requesting that you please click on the donate button. As Jesus said, if freely you have received, freely give. So... Give me a call. We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
1: are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world.
3: Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile?
1: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
2: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We are studying the book, Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. And what we're going to be doing is going over Chapter 8. And making sure that we have a clear understanding of what it means to liquidate debt in the mind. So anyway, page 121, excuse me, 120 for one moment. Okay, Please excuse me. Just checking something. Uh, On page 120, it states that debt is a contradiction of the universal equilibrium. Oh, wait a minute. Let me pop up a little bit earlier than that. Excuse me. Something that threw me off slightly. So I apologize for that little pause moment, everyone, whoever's listening on page 120. It states, Shall I be in debt as long as I hold debt against others? We find this to be the law of mind. A thought of debt will produce debt, so as long as you believe in debt, you will go into debt and accumulate the burdens that follow that thought. Whoever has not forgiven all men their debts is not likely to fall uh is likely to fall into debt himself. Does this mean that you should not give receipted bills to all those who owe you? No, that would not be erasing the thought of debt from your mind. First, deny in mind that any man or woman owes you anything. If necessary, go over your list of names separately and sincerely forgive the thought of debt which you have been attaching to each person named. More bills may be collected in this way than in any other, for many of these people will pay what they owe when you send them this forgiving thought. So what he's saying is basically this. When we don't release and let other people go, things tend to get bound. When we free and release, things are loosened for prosperity to flow. Now here's the key. He is saying that it does not mean that you don't pay your bills. Or if people owe you, you're not, you don't have a right to get the money that they owe you. you absolutely do. That's only right and in divine order. The issue comes into play is the consciousness that you hold around it. You know, it's really, really clear. Uh, So it's important that you let go of and we let go of the belief and the judgments that we have around the debt. So if a person owes you something and you have all of this energy around these, you know, perceptions, these concepts, these beliefs around what they owe you and what they don't and what that means and what it doesn't mean, you can actually block your blessings. Matter of fact, there there's sometimes experiences, unfortunately, where um, you've given something to somebody else to someone and they never paid you back, but because you're opening receptive to the blessings of God and don't walk around with that anger and frustration inside of you, that blessing comes back from in another way. Sometimes even those who we help don't necessarily turn around and help us, but the help comes from another way because as we give, we have to be open and receptive to however that balance or the equilibrium of that giving comes back to us. We have to make sure that we're not saying because I gave to X, X has to give back to me always. Sometimes that's appropriate. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. and We have to be open to ways to, <laughs> to we have to be sometimes open to release because when we're frustrated, we block our own blessings. Now, it goes on to say, debt is a contradiction of the universal equilibrium and there's no such thing as a lack of equilibrium in all the universe. Therefore, in spirit and in truth, there is no debt. Now, why is that? Because God doesn't have a need. There's no lack in God. God, in and of itself, is self-sufficient. God is. You know, one of the, the meanings of the word Yahweh that you know in Western society we say Jehovah, but the Hebrew word Yahweh means self existent or self existent one because it's a state of being. I I am that I am is another way they would say it in Hebrew. I am that I am self existence. So if you are the image and likeness of the self existent one, then you are self existence as well. Therefore, there's no lack in you. We create the experience of lack. But in God, there is no lack. And I know this seems like a, a paradox because we we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. And at the exact same time, we are physical beings living in a physical experience. So we're spirit soul body. So we walk along three levels of life at the same time so there is no spirit in and no excuse me there's no lack in god but at the same time we can create humanly experiences based upon our beliefs that seemingly say that there is not enough so how do you deal with that conflict by connecting with the inner power of god within your own soul and seeking its guidance on how you should handle all of your affairs again if you are one with the intelligence that creates universes you should be able to say to this omniscient God that you are made in the image and likeness of and you are one with and the self expression of teach me how to deal with my family teach me how to do handle this job teach me how to deal with my money help me keep my body healthy etc what do I need to do and the guidance will come the guidance will come page 121 states Dead exist in the mind and in the mind is the proper place to begin liquidating them these thought ent- entities must be abolished in mind before their outer manifestations will pass away and stay away now here's the key these thought entities so again these thoughts become ingrained beliefs, feelings, and 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 states of consciousness within our souls. But they have to be abolished because the the law of uh, mental equivalence says, as within, so without. So if I have a mental equivalent of a thing, I have to have the outer expression. So as long as I believe in debt, then I have to have it. Now, here's the, what's funny. I remember Ronald Coleman used to tell us years ago, that ne- that she would never give to another's poverty only to their prosperity so if a person didn't have money and they came and asked her for money she would if she felt she was supposed to do it would give it but she said she was never giving to their lack because she didn't want the belief in lack in her mind so she was supporting their prosperity instead of help trying to fill the gap for their lack now that might seem subtle but it was a shift to make sure that she wasn't in, uh, um, standing in alignment with lack. She was always standing in alignment with prosperity. Because the thought of debt comes from the thought of lack. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. And that what has to be drilled out of the mind. All right. Page 122. To remedy any state of limited finances or ill health that has been brought about by worry, one must begin by eliminating the worry that is the original cause. One must free one's mind from the burden of debt before the debt can be paid. Many people have found the statement, I owe no man anything but love, has helped them greatly to counteract this thought of debt. Now, saying I owe no man anything but love does not mean, again, that you don't pay your responsibilities. What you're trying to do is dissolve the thought of lack. And remember, in new thought, we're always dealing with the inner soul work first, what's going on in your mind. If you try to tackle it outwardly and you have the same state of consciousness, it won't work. This is why, you know, there's so many stories about lottery winners who, through the game of chance, end up with money, and then you check in with them seven, ten years later, and they don't have any money. He's like, what happened? How can a person get $50 million and be broke? Well, they don't understand that half of it has to go to taxes. Then they don't realize that the family members are going to be asking for money. Then they're going to waste money on frivolous things that they're not going to save and they're not going to invest. So whatever state of consciousness you're at when you were broke will just be enhanced when you have the money. If you don't have the state of consciousness for money, you won't keep it. This is, uh, you know, ESPN has the uh, a show that's on cable on demand. And I don't know if it's still on there. Came out last year called Broke, and they went through all of these athletes who accumulated as, as much as one hundred and fifty million dollars in a career, and they don't have any money. And you would say, why? Why? If I had that type of money, I would never lose it. You don't know that because if you don't have the consciousness for the finances. You will draw people from you that will figure out a way to get that money out of your hands. Experiences and situations. So it's important to realize that you have to dissolve it in mind first. You know, that's why, um, you know, um, wh- one of my favorite uh, books is A Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Because what the guy was talking about, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki was. Growing up with his dad, who was the educator, who who followed the rules as he was taught through society. Then he had his best friend's dad who was basically telling him, you have to think differently about money and how money is accumulated and the shift that that made in his life and how I'm sure thousands or tens of thousands or maybe millions of people have benefited from this guy's material because of what his best friend's dad told him about, about debt and about lack and about whatever because the concepts were radical at the time when he presented them, what his rich dad taught him, but they're proven to be true. And I'm not saying this is an endorsement for Robert Kiyosaki across the board. All I'm saying is I like the book. I like the book because it made me think about how we teach our kids about money about prosperity, and about success. What, what are we teaching them? Many times we're passing on the consciousness of lack. Mr. Fillmore says it this way, and I, I think this is beautiful. Page 125. Do not yield to the temptation of easy payment plans. Any payment that drains your pay envelope before you receive it is not an easy payment. Sometimes we take on something because we try to, you know, say, okay, if I do this, oh, I can pay that down. And the next thing you know, you, got, you have a car that's twice what you can currently afford. And I realize oh, i got to push and stretch my consciousness. But again, if it's creating stress and strain, then you're not in the consciousness of flow. And now you got to work that much harder to maintain that flow. Now, it's good to stretch and push, but have a plan, you know, have a plan. So if if you have the consciousness to do it and the resources to do it, do it. If not, have a plan and work on your consciousness. And as you evolve, keep it going forward and stretching and expanding what you do and how you do it. But sometimes the easy payment plan ends up looking like, wow, you know, some of these places that have extreme high interest for you to get a TV or a couch or whatever. And it seems easy and early, You know, early when you first get the product, but then you realize you've paid three times the cost for it. You know, you know, most people who have homes, by the time they finish paying off a 30 year mortgage, they've paid three times, if not more, the price or the worth rather of the house. You know, with someone telling you yes, you can afford it. Just because the bank cleared it does not mean that you can comfortably do that. You need to make sure in your consciousness that you can you you can work with that. He puts it this way, Mr. Fillmore, page one twenty-five. Do not allow false pride to tempt you to put on a thousand-dollar front on a one hundred-dollar salary. You know, it it doesn't make sense to have Air Jordans and no food in the refrigerator. It doesn't make sense to drive a car. You can't put gas in. It doesn't make sense to live the front, but I have it all together. It makes more sense to say, you know, that if I'm going to be wealthy, then I have to have a plan. What? Well, let me recommend this book. It's an old book. I don't know if it's still in print, but if those who want it, I think you would who like this type of information, I think it would be beneficial. If you have the book, pick it up again. It's called The Millionaire Next Door. I can't remember the name of the author offhand. I think it's Stanley something, but I can't remember. So don't quote me on that. But I know the name of the book is the, is the, uh, The Millionaire Next Door. And basically the concept of the book is what are the common consistent traits Of millionaires. Now, if that's something that you want to, if you want to study financial independence, it makes sense to study people who are financially independent. If you want to study any subject, you go to the people who are experts in the subject. You get their counsel. You get their help. It doesn't make sense to. to, Study prosperity without studying people who have wealth. Sometimes it's good to get biographies. You know, one of the one of the books that I taught uh, a couple of years ago at uh, Christ Universal Temple was The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Now, why did I teach that? Because even though the book is ninety years old, probably by now or eighty years old, it was Napoleon Hill's basically maybe 20 years of study on the most successful people of his day. He studied what made them successful, what allowed them to accumulate great wealth and create businesses and excess and et cetera. Law of Success is another book that I would highly recommend. Millionaire Next Door kinda gives more of an up-to-date, where at least 90's up-to-date uh, of millionaires and how, and how they spend their money, what they do, how they do it et cetera, et cetera. Law of Success by, and then the, the book that supports it, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, helps you get a concept of the success secrets of people who have wealth. Not theoretical people. Not people in your mind and your imagination, but actually real people who built something from, excuse me, something from nothing. Studying those type of people work. Now, you, what, one of the things you discover when you when you study folks like that is there is no shortcut. You have to work on your mind. You have to have ideas. You have to be uh, open and receptive to the ideas as they come. And you have to work, work, work. Someone once said that the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. Whether you're working on your consciousness or you're doing outward work, you have to work. If you're going to be success and a new thought, we say the first thing you do is work on your consciousness. That's the first thing. Always and foremost, work on your consciousness. If you work on your consciousness, you can have success. Now, again, I want to remind you that. This show is supported by your donations. And if you believe that you're getting value from this show or other and or other shows from Unity Online Radio. Make sure that you give and support it. Make sure that you click the donate button so this internet show and internet station can continue to support your spiritual evolution. We're gonna take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
0: Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, The Coach's Coach, Go into the locker room for one full hour with a championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Catrell Ross, The Coach's Coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at fm. Now back to Truth Transforms.
2: All right, back. right, we're back with Truth Transforms, and we're teaching the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. I'm on page 126. Actually, uh, yeah, it says, bless your creditors with the thought of abundance as you begin to accumulate the wherewithal to pay your obligations. Now, let's just stop right there, because the thought of our creditors sometimes can be overwhelming, especially when you get behind your creditors. In other words, you have more money than money and not enough physical substance, money substance to pay what you owe. So what Mr. Fillmore is suggesting is that you start to bless your creditors with the thought of abundance. Catherine Ponder in some of her books would uh, write or has written that we should take even our bills in our hands. And when we open them up and look at them, we stop and we pray and we thank God For the substance to meet the need, even when we don't have the money, just actually make a habit of every time you get a bill online, even if you pay your bills online, if you, you know, if the reminder comes or you're going on knowing that you have to do it, take the time. Even if you're paying the bill and you have the money, thank you, God, for the substance to meet this need or demand. You know, my cup runneth over, whatever, how you want to, you know, make it work. But the idea is you're always pulling the thought back to there's always enough to take care of me and my responsibilities. There's always enough to take care of me and my responsibilities. There's always enough. To take care of me and my responsibilities. This is challenging. And look, I'm not I'm not sugarcoating anybody's financial anything. I know what it's like. I know what it means. And I'm saying that you have to work your way up and out of it. That's why you listen to shows like this. This is why you do the work. That's why you take the classes. That's why you stay in the conversation of abundance and get out of the conversation of lack what i mean by that is you know as uh, someone once wrote if you're around nine broke people you're bound to be the tenth so find ways to get in a different conversation about money and abundance you can't be just around folks who are always talking about what they don't have and being broke that type of conversation is is contagious. Just catch yourself next time you see yourself engaging in conversations that are negative, and how quickly and easily it is to slide into them. What people are doing, not doing. What the politicians aren't doing. What the you know uh, school system, are, you know what the police are. Uh, this and that. And instead of being solution-oriented about what can you do, what can we do, who do we need to hold accountable, et cetera, et cetera. If you start getting into economy conversations about lack and no jobs and et cetera, even if when you have a job, you're enforcing that in your mind. And be careful. You might just be the next person with the pink slip. You say, well, that, that has nothing to do with anything. Consciousness is what we are. If we, if that's our dominant state of consciousness, it has to be proven. And even if it's not in my experience, it might be in somebody else's experience that I influence. And it can affect me. You can have every good and great financial experience you have. If you keep having a consciousness of debt, something happens. Next thing you know, pension thing happens. Or somebody gets ill in your family. You have to take care of them. Or... Anything can happen, you know, children going off to school, and next thing you know, the expenses are more than you thought. Divorce, anything. Well, even in the midst of all of those things, you have to maintain the consciousness of abundance. There's always enough to take care of me and my responsibilities. There's always enough to take care of me and my responsibilities and if we have to tell ourselves that one million times until it clicks we do it there's always enough for me there's always enough for me and to take care of my experiences however you want to flesh it out i have a call um who's on the line travis hi travis travis are you there Okay, looks like we lost Travis, so hopefully he'll be able to call back before we uh, sign off. Anyway, so let's work with this concept of blessing the creditors. And then he states, if you are a creditor, be careful of the kind of thoughts you hold over your debtor. Avoid the thought that he is unwilling to pay you or that he is unable to pay. One thought holds him in dishonesty, the other holds him subject to lack and either of them tends to close the door to the possibility of his paying you soon think well and speak well of all those who owe you so if somebody owes you something right now okay we got the call back travis travis are you there yes sir how are you doing good morning good morning where are you calling from I'm calling from
4: arkansas
2: all right beautiful beautiful what part
4: uh, Little Rock, Central Central Arkansas area.
2: Okay, beautiful. I had a buddy of mine that went to uh, Arkansas Pime, Pine Bluff, I believe, University? Yes. uh uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's your question, Travis?
4: Well, actually, I just wanted to, I actually had a comment and just wanted to just say that, you know, I started joining this uh, podcast around the third teaching, the third lesson. hmm And uh, honestly, between then and now, I have seen a major change in my life. From this teaching, just yep. grabbing the principles. Because I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I was familiar with New Thought, but kind of my diet hasn't had that, you know, I haven't had it in my diet for a while. But when I started listening and started beginning to just doing simple things with the teaching, like telling myself, reminding myself that I am the inlet and the outlet of the divine mind, and how I began to just change my whole concept. Of how I saw debt and not allowing debt to define who I was, because I started understanding that that the God is He is perfect and that I, there is no flaw in me, even though I may make mistakes. That the essence of who I am is not flawed. So whatever mm-hmm. financial issues I might find myself in has nothing to do with the essence of who I am. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it has. I've, I mean, there's, my finances and things have began to line up. Even my sleep patterns, um, just a lot of things that were stressing me out have just basically changed just from going through these teachings every week and following along and underlining and, and just, you know, just these confirmations of who I am and what I am in God. Beautiful. So I just wanted to give that and just thank you for the time and, you know, just what you've been doing here because, honestly, I have seen a major change. I'm talking about in just weeks.
2: That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. It, it as ministers, sometimes, you know, Jesus tells the story about the, the the ten who he sent to be healed, and only one came back. It, it gives yeah. us the opportunity to say, you know, we you know we don't do this for the applause, obviously, but it is good yeah. to know that we're making an impact with people, and that people can make demonstrations based upon what we are uh, presenting what God gives us to present. So thank you very much for sharing it. Keep working with it and go back and listen to the other ones because,
3: Oh yeah. You know, I've been doing this for a year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Keep working it. Reverend Coleman said it works if you work it. All right.
4: All right. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Take care. All right. All right. So uh, the point that I was making before the call was if, if someone owes you something, be careful how you think about them. I did this for them. I gave them this, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure that you don't end up blocking your own blessings because of the thought you hold about somebody who owes you. Because if the God that supplied you with the ability to give it in the first place has not gone anywhere. So even if that person, Shucks their responsibility of returning what they're supposed to return in whatever you got to do legally you do whatever I understand that but make sure that your consciousness is together because it, it can't be challenging seeing people uh, walk around with new stuff on and they haven't paid you your money back I get that um and if you own businesses people not paying what they're supposed to be paying you have to stay in the consciousness of abundance you have to stay in the consciousness of abundance no matter what. Mr. Fillmore says, declare abundant supply for them and thus help them to prosper. Pray and work for their good as well as for your own, for yours is inseparable from theirs. You owe your debt to quite as much as he owes you, and yours is a debt of love. Pay your debt to him, and he will pay his debt to you. This rule of action never fails. So, we have to just go forward. I'm not going to, um, you know, go into it in great detail, you know, but he talks about several things. On page 128, he talks about credit and creditors and et cetera. And you got to remember, this is 1936 when the book was published. So it was written before that. So he's dealing with things at a really early stage. He, the, the The point that I want to make to close this session is this. Debt begins in the mind like everything else. Psychogenesis, everything begins in the mind. So the place where you have to deal with it is in the mind. And when you deal with it in the mind, then you start to line up, you'll start to line up your outer actions because they'll be consistent with what you believe because you only do what you do because you see what you see. And when you see it differently, you will do things differently. So remember that. Continue to work with the book. Go back over, study it, make sure you didn't miss anything, listen to the podcast, whatever you need to do. But stay in the book. This book is a classic. It has the principles in it that if you work them, can transform your life. We just had a testimony on the phone of somebody who's been working with it just for the last five weeks or so. So stay with it. Stick with it. Don't give up because you haven't made your breakthrough yet. Because You might just be on the cusp of a major breakthrough. It works if you work it. God bless you. We've run out of time. We'll be back with with you with Truth Transforms.
0: Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you sing. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This
3: meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've seen Reality TV. Well, now get ready for Reality Radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio.